Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Owl, and I am here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl, how you doing, man? I'm doing quite quite well. We're quite, quite fine. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm doing... <laughs> I'm doing fine. I'm doing solidly fine. Quite well is a little bit of an exaggeration. You have now been a week and a half as a high schooler. Uh, you got it mastered yet? Oh, uh, yeah. I got it all down. <laughs> like right. half of my teachers weren't here. I was about to say, do you have all but your teachers? I don't, I don't think I've had a day where one or all my teachers were actually there. Yeah, well, so. yeah, that's 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 true. It's been a slow start. I get the sense that the county wasn't quite ready to begin this year. But hey, you know what? We're going to muddle through it as best we can until we hit our stride, right? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, have you been bullied yet? Have you been, like, uh, no, thrown I've, into I've, the trash I've can? I've bullied. I've bullied. You've bullied? All right, good, I've been good, doing good. some trash can throwing myself. As long as there's been some bullying or going on from someone, that's what I yes, want to hear. That's need, high school. We need high school stereotypes. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> no one uses their lockers, so we can't. They, they haven't even shown us lockers, by the way. They've just accepted that we're not going to use them. That's cr- That's crazy to me. So does everybody, like, I guess with Chromebooks and computers, you don't have, like, eight textbooks you're, you know, lugging around, but I don't know. still seems weird not to use the lockers because they're right there. Yeah. <laughs> that means if someone threw you in the locker, you would never get out. That's <laughs> right. There'd be no reason for anybody to check on it or even know where your locker was. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Uh, uh, but seriously, though, has... What were your expectations, and what what have you found so far? Has this been like you thought it was going to be, or has this been major differences in what you thought was going to happen? Um, it's been poorly run and a little stressful. So uh, that's exactly <laughs> how I expected it to be. Yeah, that's that sounds about that sounds about right. I think beginning Maybe of I school thought the, year, the homework would start a little later, but nah, nah, I get to do all the work. Yay! They're, yeah, they're on top of that part. Um, I, yeah, I think the beginning of school year anytime is going is difficult, much less coming out of the pandemic and COVID. Um, but thank goodness there nobody has uh, had COVID at your high school yet. <laughs> that is incorrect. People <laughs> oh, okay. have had COVID. Uh, the whole thing may just shut down soon. So I don't think high schools should shut down, even if like COVID gets bad uh, with Delta because. Y'all, I mean, maybe it gets bad, but if it gets not that bad, like shutting down lower school, totally get middle school, totally get, but y'all are all old enough to have the vaccine. Teachers are all old enough to have the vaccine. And so I think y'all should stay like, you know, if it gets, again, you see, you see, horrible, and now I'm, I'm going to try my best not, not to, you know, I'm not saying anybody's personal information, uh, but the, the person, I guess I am, but not revealing specifics. Uh, the person who got COVID was vaccinated. I've heard, and I think the Delta variant uh, takes some liberties, at least is what well, I've heard. Well, yeah, still, there can definitely be breakthrough cases, but the health isn't bad. But to me, it's not worth enough to not still do high school. Um, but, you know, that's, that's, that's my uninformed opinion. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, uh, your, all of our opinions will be very uninformed. Do not listen to us on any medical field. Listen no, to we are doctors. not a doctor. Listen to your own specific doctor. Make sure they're uh, are truly a, are a doctor, not a doctor on the Internet. Yes, not an Internet doctor. 
But so anyway, so I hope it, I hope it goes well. I hope everybody gets their vaccine. Get their vaccine. Get your vaccine if you haven't got your vaccine yet. Get it. Yeah. Um, get the vaccine. Have you gotten it yet? Get it now. And that'll help. That'll help everything be good. Unless you're medically unable to do so. If you have the medical reason not to get your vaccine, then need your vaccine. But otherwise, get your vaccine. All right. Anyways, moving on from that. So we can have a school. Uh, yeah, I can't think of what else is going on except for that it's almost fall and the plans that we've made for fall may not happen now because of the Delta. Well, well, well except for I've been I've been having uh, dreams about a uh, woman of an indigenous culture on Arrakis for me to eventually uh, marry and have a child with at an incredibly young age. But like it's sci-fi, so that's fine. Are you dreaming about somebody who can do anything? Uh no, I'm not even sure. I'm trying to do it. That is, are we sticking with the Dune thing? Because I don't get that. If you're, you don't get that. Who can do anything? Who can, Zendaya? There we go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I was more sticking to the to, to the Dune. The character. Uh, the, there. No. the characters. Yes, I meant you were dreaming about Zendaya as a character in Zoom. Dune. Oh yeah. Well, no. Uh, so yeah, Dune. We get more trailers, more posters. Oh, I saw a funny one. What? Um. Somebody had photoshopped, and instead of, you know, because we had talked about the font of Dune, you know, being <laughs> interesting. So somebody, instead of Dune, they put Dude, and they had Dude from the Big Lebowski, like, in all the pictures of that last poster. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty great. Yeah, that, that's really awesome. I'm going to be completely honest and say my excitement for Dune is dwindling. I know. I hate to hear that. Tell me why. I don't know. The last trailer wasn't too exciting. It seems too like action and comedy heavy, and like that first book like didn't have all that much action in it. No, action was implied, but they didn't really do a lot. I mean, the whole so there's a revolution and a war going on. Spoilers, <laughs> but you know it's been around for a long time. Um, yeah, but I think I think that's going to be a good thing, a good balance. I hope. I don't know. Anything else making it dwindle, or just kind of I don't know. Maybe it's just it's been so long, and like I, I don't want to get be super excited for it and get disappointed for it. I just don't find myself being being really all that hyped. What did you think of Jason Momoa's comments saying that he would like the <laughs> Denny Villeneuve just to release the six-hour cut or whatever, like more of it? Because that's, uh, that's kind of how I, I frankly. Feel. A little tired of uh, people trying to release cuts of things. I mean, I like long things, and if the Dune movie's good, maybe I'll watch a longer version of it. But right now, my feeling is like, can we just watch like movies and not like people's? Look, he wasn't saying in a cut like a director's cut versus like he's just saying make it be long. That's all he was saying basically. Oh, okay. So, like, I understand you're cut wearisome because that cut wearisome? No, cut worries. No, it's not that either. Cut. Fatigue, cut fatigue. I agree with that with the whole David Ayer and the all the other guys and blah, blah blah. Cut fatigue, cut fatigue. But he's just basically saying like, man, make it be long, and that's what I want. I would just want to be immersed in the world. The visuals look so incredible to me. Oh yeah. So I just want to be in there, be in that huge theater with a big screen, sitting up close, and just be whew, right in there. And get ready to uh, tell people whether we're Dune fans before the movie came out. I have my my gatekeeping ready. If you just like the movie, you're not a real fan. Yeah, yeah, don't be like that. <laughs> no, I, 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 I would encourage never. them to read the book. And we only read the first one, too. Yeah, so, so we're not we, real Dune we fans either. We don't have room either. to talk. 
Yeah. I don't know. How many Dune books are there? I don't even know. And I don't even know how many Frank Herbert wrote before he died, and then I think his son wrote some. So I don't even know where, like, that line is of, uh, you know, demarcation. I don't know. Well, if the Dune movie is successful enough, it'll be turned into 5,000 different franchises, and we'll have enough excuses to read all the different books. There we go. I like that. I hope so. I hope it's good. I hope it's good. But I, I get... I get um, I get being worried that it's building it up too much because you don't want to be disappointed. But also, that seems like a, I don't know, like a, like you've lost your youthful innocence, uh, which, of course, you've already done that years ago. But, like, uh, you know, I don't want you to be, like, hedging your bets for your, psych, you know, psychology of being disappointed about the movie. You know, I'd rather you just kind of dive in. But it'd be so crushing if I was excited about it and it was bad. Yeah, I guess I would would want it to be not that crushing and just be like, oh well, they tried their best. But no, I'll I'll be crushed also. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be I'll be crushed. surprised. This is on the cut fatigue, and this is super tangential. Okay, but uh, you know the the Beatles uh, get back thing, Peter Jackson. Yes, a little bit. So, did did you hear? This was like a month or maybe a month and a half ago, or maybe even a couple of weeks ago. Time doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> Like it's a it's a TV series now, or a mini series. It oh, went from yeah. a movie to a mini series. Okay. Because I, that's just the amount of footage. Uh, that's cool. So that that's vaguely related to cuts and lengths. You're of saying Dune ought to do the same thing. I no, and I'm saying right. I, I'm saying <laughs> Dune be a movie <laughs> that we can go to a theater and watch. Yeah. We have been to several movie theaters, and I I feel comfortable. Bull, last movie we saw, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later, we uh, we were kind of the only ones in our zone, that's for sure. But it was nerve-wracking. I didn't like it. Some guy walked behind us at some point. That made me all kind of get bowed up. And then, um, Especially with this Delta variant stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we live in Georgia, so it's not like we're ever going to lock down again, even if we should. But uh, yeah, Our track record's not pretty good on that. No. Did you hear about what Jason Isbell's been doing? Uh, no. No, I have not. So he is requiring at his shows that people be have proof of vaccination or proof of uh, uh, a negative COVID test within 72 hours of the show. Yay. And so some venues, I think one venue has not been able to accommodate that, but I think most other people have. And that's the way it ought to be with me, to me. Like the same with movie theaters, malls, restaurants, anything indoors. Show your proof of vaccination. Tyranny! <laughs> no, I'm no. That makes perfect sense. I mean, I just don't understand anymore. I did understand for a while, and I still do. But Why? I don't know. I don't. What, what was your thought process understanding before? Because there are certain communities in America, United States, uh, you know, African Americans certainly would have reasons to distrust the government and medical profession, and same with the indigenous people. You know, they have, you know, the the United States government and. Doctors have uh, historically treated them very poorly. So I understand some vaccine hesitancy on the part of uh, communities that have been abused. But at this point, with how many months we've been doing this, and uh, then now I'm, yeah, no, get your vaccine. Yeah. So. Oh, I thought you were t- I was talking specifically about vaccine cards and needing proof of vaccination to enter in public places. Nah, yeah, no, I, we got a pandemic. Like, doesn't everybody want to go back to not worrying about this? I think some people never worried at all <laughs> and are tired that we still are. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's 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 probably true. I'm I'm tired of it. Yeah, I'm tired of worrying. Sure. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stop. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully you're not worrying, but I'm sure you are because eventually sometimes I'm worrying too. But you know, worry is whatever emotional distress over something you can't control. So we're trying to control what we can control and encouraging others to do the same. Yes. Yeah. Like good American people. Or United States citizens. Good United States people. <laughs> you correct me on this every time, and I know like you're in the right when you do that, but it still it still uh, tires me out. I gotta correct myself. I just did the same thing, so <laughs> it, it wears my. It tires me out also, but you know it it's is. It's gonna the, be a while before I refer to it as USN. Yeah, it because I it like I, I feel like I would get a mark off if I wrote USN on an essay. Oh, then we would post a TikTok video and be all upset and get a lot of views and like because that doesn't feel like thing. proper English like just say American like in is what I think their reaction would be well language changes so yeah it, it, it would you know it, it would be fine I'm just saying I'm not going to risk a grade on USCM I hear that but when you're talking how about that when you're speaking yes when I'm speaking yeah. and even you can do even in class you could be you could say American and then say American or more properly, you know, USCN, you know, and just let people know where you stand, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What? Uh, so what did we see when we were in the movie theater the other night? We saw not Suicide Squad, but The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Uh, were you excited about going to see this? Was this something we were looking forward to? Or did this have a... If I, if I remember from uh, the podcast we did... About the New Year's Day special of Doctor Who, where we talked about our most anticipated movies of 2021. I believe The Suicide Squad was my third most anticipated. Uh, so, yeah, and I was in excitement increased in, in uh, the weeks leading up to it. I saw some good reviews. So the tra- I really enjoyed the trailer. I just thought it was going to be nice and nice and fun movie. All right, cool. Yeah, I was excited, too. Not incredibly excited but i like james gunn a lot so he wrote and directed it and so that's like a good sign uh i did not love guardians of the galaxy 2 i think i've made that super clear uh but i loved the first one and i think he's really awesome so i I was pretty excited uh to go into it uh what did you think uh let me let me actually let's let's introduce the movie for Oh yeah, yes, Those yes, 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 yes. You're you're messing up the order of things here. <laughs> I got ahead of what myself. What is this amateur hour? <laughs> this whole podcast is amateur hour. It could be another name for it. Amateur is means you do something out of love, and that so I think that's pretty accurate. I don't think that's a definition of amateur. It is ama ama love. Wow, that's etymology, baby. You learn something new every day. Uh, yeah, you do. All right, well, does Suicide Squad, and I guess this counts as uh, a good thing about the movie. It doesn't really spend much time explaining what the Suicide Squad is. It trusts that you get the general deal of it. (laughs) It's all dealt with in, like, the first five minutes of, like, dialogue from Viola Davis. But it deals with our our new group of people from Belly, uh, Belly, uh, Bellarive Prison as they're going off to the island of Corto Maltese or Corto Maltese, depending on uh, how different characters pronounce it, to kind of... uh, uh, get destroy this facility that's been doing secret research on it after a uh, coup has been committed on that country and uh, where where that facility stands is in the balance so they are the team is being sent in to take it out 
a lot of people are a part of uh, this team, uh, major actors playing almost all of them. Uh, but our main players here are uh, Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie, who was in the first Suicide Squad and in uh, the movie we didn't like, but a lot of people seem to, uh, the Birds of Prey movie. Oh, really? People are starting to like that movie? People, people, I think people liked it from the beginning. Oh, wow. Yeah. People. <laughs> people. Um, uh, who yeah, is part of the team. And we have uh, Idris Elba, who's a new character playing Bloodsport, who's very similar to uh, Will Smith's Deadshot from the first movie, who is not in this movie. Uh, just as uh, assassins with relationships with their daughters and who are really good shots, and that's their thing. I just realized, I, before you just said that, I thought they were played the same character. And you're not the only one. I've seen people <laughs> confused with that. There, it, he, it is not the same character. Uh, then we have uh, the uh, universally loved, especially by us, John Cena, playing uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Bloodsport, who is kind of an American-loving... Wait, wait, wait. You just said he played Bloodsport. That's not right. No, no, sorry. He played Peacemaker, <laughs> who, if you can uh, tell from the name, is uh, not a fan of making peace. Or He likes killing people, and he likes having great shots similar to Bloodsport. They make a pretty funny joke about that in the movie. And then another major recurring person is Joel Kinnaman as Colonel Rick Flagg, who, was, who lacked a personality in the first one, and is given one in this, as he acts as kind of our, our big... Our big American hero. He fell in love with the first one. That was kind of personality. Who did he fall in love with? Uh, he fell in love with the evil chick. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will not compliment the first Suicide Squad. Yeah, it's yeah. bad. It's quite awful. I won't either. And those, those are our main players. Yeah. And that that's really the movie. The movie kind of revolves around the, the characters and how how they interact with each other. Yeah, but this is a great cast though. So those all those people are are incredible, and then the, the other peripheral Suicide Squatters as well are are pretty awesome. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna go uh, into a a list here. Uh, Jai Courtney, our our the beloved Peter Cabaldi. Yay. David Dasmolchian. Uh, yay. Uh, Daniela Melchior on. Definitely mispronouncing that. Uh, Michael Rooker, Alice Braga, Yay. Pete Davidson, Nathan Boo. Fillion, Sean Yay. Gunn. When you're, you're booing Pete Davidson, <laughs> I don't like him. No, Flew the board, boo. Uh, Wailing Ning. I'm also probably mispronouncing that. And uh, Sylvester Stallone and Viola Davis. Okay, I'd like to go back. Pete Davidson is fine, and I saw some stand up with him. He was actually pretty good. Saturday Night Live is just not funny. And that's not his fault. All together. All right. So, yes. So, great cast, right? Viola Davis. Amazing. Yeah. Much better in uh, this, much better lines than uh, she had in uh, the first Suicide Squad. I mean, I don't want this whole thing to turn into ragging on the first one, but it's terrible. It's probably universally considered terrible. It is terrible, and it's impossible not to compare the two. But le And so, let's start Let's start at the beginning, because you already hinted at it. And This movie sets up everything... And gets things rolling in such a quick way and such an efficient way and such a good way compared to the other one that right away I was like, oh, we're we're in good hands again. Like, this is going to be good. Yeah, uh, you know, or at least fine. You know, like, we're not, I was never scared right after the first five minutes or so. And I loved the fact that they had, uh, you know, it opens with Michael, Michael Rooker, who's an incredible actor. So, like, it's, you know. I, I felt good about that. What about you? 
Um, if if you need reminding, the 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 way we introduced characters in the first Suicide Squad was through Viola Davis, just all telling us about them at dinner as they give some music video like shot scenes with our different characters as they told us everything we could have possibly needed to know about them. Obviously, except for the characters who were obviously going to die, which they left out of the thing, leaving no mystery who was to make it to the end. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, so that, that was just, yeah, poorly done. This was much more efficient. We get right in there. Um, it starts off, like, I'm willing to say maybe the first 30 minutes of this movie uh, is kind of maybe the one of the best, better things this year. Oh, yeah. All right. I think it loses some steam as it goes on, but like the first tight 25, 30 minutes are really, really well done. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think I'm, I'm going to start talking about this section that I that I really enjoy and how, how James Gunn handles it. I think it's just really visually interesting, but it's almost, I guess the whole movie is kind of visually interesting. More importantly, it's kind of the writing, and it feels so, uh, so smart. I mentioned... Uh, Bloodsport's relationship with his daughter, and I, I think I want to go into my favorite scene of the movie, but it's where they show uh, uh, Bloodsport like going to do the prison thing with his daughter, like where they communicate. Um, right, using the phones and separated by the glass. Yes, and what I immediately thought then is like, oh my god, we're gonna do this again, where the character has like he's a bad guy, but he loves his kids, and it's like he wants he just wants to get back to the like, basically the Will Smith thing. Yeah. In the in the first movie and uh And in countless others. You're right. Like it's been done to death. It's been done to death and uh, I guess uh yeah. And then uh but, but basically they just hate each other and it turns out that Bloodsport's been like a <laughs> terrible father and I love that scene. I love the way that like uh, James Gunn keeps us on our toes and kinda makes sure that we really don't know anything that's going to happen next and kinda subverts uh different genre tropes of superhero movies and of just not so great action movies you're absolutely right that is probably my overall favorite thing about this movie is that it, it did surprise me several times and that's so nice to have especially when you 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 know we, we were into superhero movies we see most of them if not all and uh, it's nice to be surprised in one uh in a good way and he did that a couple of times and i like that scene also that was pretty great yeah and Idris Elba was just also he was just really good yeah, like you know, it's, it's, it's not a surprise because he's a really good actor, but like it, it's just enjoyable to watch him work and and move and feel and have you know a hundred percent three dimensional character in you know a comic book movie, you know, which is not unheard of, but you know, Martin Scorsese told me that it would never happen. Oh, do we? We don't want to get into the James Gunn Martin Scorsese thing. That's no, we don't. pretty we, funny. We don't. We don't want to get into that. Um. What if were other some moments that you liked? Did you have a? Well, we just that. I mean, I, I just already already said my favorite moment was the prison thing, and it's sort of representative of uh, the things I think are good about this movie. One, it's really funny, yeah, and a lot of it will really make you laugh. But also, it just it just feels different. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's still like big and like bloody and gory and actiony, but it also feels clever. Like it really kind of knows what it's doing yeah and you really kind of feel that you're like oh wow this is not just like normal schlock yeah yeah and it was definitely uh i liked it was heavily stylized 
which with a, a director you trust and a, a vision that came across nicely. I enjoyed some of the interstitial, playful things that James Gunn did. Uh, I couldn't read all of them very well sometimes, but like eventually figured them out. But I enjoyed uh, that aspect of it. Um, I enjoyed the, the the banter. Obviously, he writes great dialogue, you know, and he had smart characters. Uh, and again, I liked. He made me kind of like John Cena, even. Yeah, John Cena. Yeah, I, I wasn't annoyed by John Cena like I thought I would be. I'm not a big fan of that character. Just generally, I think I. <laughs> Like what I mentioned when it's called Peacemaker, it's like uh, I just thought like oh, okay, I don't think the whole like he's a proud American, but he's acting he wants for peace, but he's actually doing violent things was as uh, as as smart as I think the movie thought it was. And also, it's worth reminding that that uh, obnoxious Peacemaker character in the comics was made unironically <laughs> with no satirical point of view. I think I do believe. Huh? I find that hard to believe, but that's it. That's interesting. Um, I, I think it was a. I think it was a. I liked having. I liked having that character in there. I liked the rivalry uh, between him and Bloodsport or Deadshot or whoever that was. Uh, that was kind of the two alphas kind of going at it a little bit in a friendly way and working together, and then having you know whatever alphas do have uh, when they're matched up. I enjoyed. Um. You know, that was just, just like, I like the the political commentary with, of you know, Ray. That was very Reagan, you know, big, strong uh, offense is your best defense, you know. And, and Cena's like, I yes, we were going to have peace even if I have to kill everybody to yeah, get there. Yeah, there's a great line, like, I love peace, and I don't care how many men, women, and children I need to kill to get it. Right, but a lot of people still believe that. So, like, it's, that was, I, I enjoyed that, and I didn't, I didn't feel that it thought it was, I didn't feel like the movie thought it was being so clever. There, there is there is one line, and we'll talk about this more when we get into spoilers, that uh, rubbed me the wrong way. Okay. I gotcha. Uh, and I guess, well, since you brought up the, the Reagan stuff and the political stuff, another thing that shows how this movie is a little different and a little smarter is it kind of has this, this anti-American imperialism streak near the end where they really... I don't know. I just like. I mean, it feels like the bare minimum to acknowledge that America's done done terrible <laughs> yeah. things and continues to do terrible things. But I'm I'm glad it did. I mean, not every movie does it. Yeah, and then the so again comparing like it's interesting. So like both the first Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad, this movie, they both have definitely comic book supernatural elements to them, like big. <laughs> crazy, you know, we ain't in the real world moments and villains. But this one felt like it also had, uh, you know, because it involved, you know, this this country that, you know, had American influence on it and involved dictators and coups and leadership and rebellion. It felt, it felt a little more grounded, but I'm not sure. I don't know that that really, I didn't really love that subplot that kind of part of everything. I didn't, um, I wanted to like it much more than I did, but at least it wasn't predictable. Like at least it was, it was still surprising to me. Some of the things that happened, uh, along the way, but I'm not sure. I don't know. It didn't, that part didn't entirely work for me. 
what did you think about it? Yeah, I, I, I'm already a fan of it. Not all the stuff with the actual, the intergovernmental stuff with our, our kind of government big bad. No, I shouldn't say big bad because it's another big bad. But um, yeah, our like dictator characters, I didn't find all that interesting. I think a lot of the scenes with them, I wouldn't really have noticed if they were cut from the movie. Uh, so yeah, that, that bored me a little bit and that gets into the parts of this movie that I don't think work very much, but the actual, the, the, the little bit of a reveal on near the end made me maybe kind of respect the movie a little more. Okay. Um, what characters did you, uh, want, what characters did you love and what characters did you not love? So, um... No, uh, I loved to Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man was my favorite. That's David Dasmalchian's character. And he was great. So, so good. Um, uh, King Shark. Everyone loves King Shark. King Shark was good, and I did not expect to like King Shark. When I first saw the posters or whatever, and I'm like, eh. And then I heard that Sylvester Stallone was doing the voice. I was even more like, eh. King Shark really surprised me. I was very happy with King Shark. Um... I guess Peter Capaldi. Obviously, we like Peter Capaldi. We're gonna enjoy anything he's in. Yeah, but and he had like the, his his intro, like the, the the beginning of his kind of scenes. I thought were fantastic, and then I think as part of it, it kind of. He was. I mean, I to avoid, to avoid I spoilers. Yeah, he's yeah. not as involved in the the plot as we hoped he would be. Exactly, and it appeared at first in the movie that it, that he was going to be more involved, and I was excited about that. But I loved what he did. Like, when he was on screen, I thought he was great. Yeah, he got a good, like, monologuer, too. Yeah, yeah. Good actor. He's a really good actor. Yeah, uh, he was right, so good for that role, too. Like, that's... Yeah, that, that, is, that, is, almost, that is almost perfect casting. Uh, tell me what you thought of Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, now, this is another unpopular opinion. People love to praise Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, and, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't know. I don't see too much of the appeal. Like, maybe it's that's because we don't like... Suicide Squad, and we don't uh, like Birds of Prey, and we we enjoyed this movie, but I mean it's her third appearance. We already have these preconceived bad notions. Like I find, I kind of find her a little annoying. Like especially in Birds of Prey when they're doing like the and that that just has to do with some flaws with the movie. Like I I don't I have nothing wrong with Margot Robbie's performance. I just like the way she like interrupts. Let me cut to something else. And I don't know if it's like some, some like, maybe it's like some subconscious, like sexist thing. And I'm not saying like all like negative opinions about female characters are based in sexism, but mine may be because I don't think when Deadpool does that, it doesn't annoy me. But when Harley Quinn does it, it does. And I don't know if that's based on like actual the way they're doing it or just some weird like rubs me the wrong way thing. I think for me, it's the voice. I don't love the voice. Oh, the accent? Yeah, I'm not a fan of the accent. I love what, she, I love what she's doing in this. And I felt this is the thing. And she had, she had some good scenes in this. I liked she her She really did. I liked her the most in this. And she had a ton of um, ton of stuff to play with, like emotionally. Like, I loved what they did with her character. I thought it was really great. Um, I, and I thought she was fantastic. It's just the voice that I think is kind of annoying. She's just so, she's so animated. Yeah. And like out there. Yeah. And yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. if I can really connect with that. Yeah. We started I, watching the Harley Quinn show a little bit and we're 
we're really enjoying that. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it isn't the character, and it's more so just this DCEU version. The, and that very well could be. Yeah, we'll and we, yeah, we've watched a little bit of that. I want to watch more of that. I thought it was really great. Um, so we both love Polka Dot Man. Uh, we both. And can I also mention something I yeah. just like generally about DC as opposed to Marvel? Sure. Is that like the character? Like, there's a ton of superpowered characters in this movie, and like they they don't all need origin stories above like two sentences right like we don't need to know exactly how king shark is doing king shark stuff yeah and we and we and they did not tell us right no and so it's like i just liked it like in the dc universe super powered people can exist without needing their own like movie or their own like specific scientific origin to have story happened. yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I thought they did a. I thought had not having origin stories for some of them was perfectly fine. It didn't matter. Uh, some of the origin stories they did, I don't know that I thought they worked beautifully. But I just there's such I have such goodwill towards James Gunn that I, even though I was like kind of like oh, this doesn't this isn't great this part, and I'm thinking specifically to a flashback. Uh, from one character's point of view, kind of talking about their origin story, yeah, can, and, and can, the mirror, kind of the window thing. Can we uh, get into this more? This gets in the part that doesn't work about the movie is as the high octane. Do you say we're getting the spoilers? You kind of no, no, no. We're getting the stuff that uh, okay. doesn't work, okay, or doesn't work for us or for me at least. Yeah. Is I mean, as much as we love the the high octane stuff and the comedy stuff, when the movie tries to get serious and tries to hit emotional beats I think it just misses in almost every single one of them and the point you're talking about with the, the rat catcher character it's just it tries to add some poignancy to to the story when it just doesn't feel like it knows how to do that all too well like there it felt like oh, in those scenes where they tried to do that it almost became a different movie like yeah. it was almost very in the to- tonal inconsistency in those scenes where it would just like stop and they're like, okay, we're doing the emotional scene now. We're developing character. All right, let's go back to the fun comic book movie stuff. Like it felt different. It didn't feel fluid and it didn't work. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an emotional, poignant moment that there's, there's a moment did near the end well. that. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, that did work well. Yeah, that did work well, and I'm I'm not you know sure what, actually, I can. Think of one. Maybe Actually, one? that that windowsill thing that you're complaining about doesn't doesn't bother me all too much. Okay, that yeah, that bothered me, and I don't know if it was actual scene or just how it was played up on the window uh, with the going. And maybe there's there's in the climax there's some stuff with polka with the, the polka dot man. I liked that scene. Part I I thought that was good, and that that's the part where like it mixes the comedic and the emotional well. Yeah, and I thought, and again, we're not gonna get. We'll do spoilers in just a little bit, but there's a moment towards the end where things shift in what they want to do, and I thought that worked. Like I liked that. That felt that was an emotional shift, and I thought that did not feel like a separate movie. Uh, that felt that felt right uh, to me. But then there's another one way towards the, you know enter that 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 didn't work. So yeah, I mean the the movie. When the mo- when I am happiest watching this movie, I am seeing some cool action with some cool characters that are, have a good dialogue, and I'm being surprised by how they're doing things. Uh, yeah. And yeah. that happened fairly often. And this movie is uh, also, I would I would argue, a bit too long. 
there are some scenes that didn't really that didn't one didn't weren't that memorable and two didn't advance the plot too well or add have any you know visual tricks yeah my my all my instinct always when i hear somebody say something is too long it's just that it wasn't good enough well yeah i, I would probably that, yeah. That's why I mentioned first. It's not very memorable. It's not that not that great of a right. not great scene. So if it was two hours long, yeah, whatever. So okay, so we're just maybe that maybe it's just semantics. But I people are like I don't even need to be ninety minutes. No, it can be a three hour movie if it's really good. Like you'll be happy to be there three hours. Yeah, I wish this whole movie was as good as the first twenty five to thirty minutes were. Where I felt like the movie was really in control and knew exactly what it wanted to be and was being it, and then it tries to advance our characters and storylines and it it feels yeah it doesn't feel natural it feels like you're going through the motions do you remember when without doing a spoiler uh where you felt it kind of got off the rails i think maybe they were kind of in the forest like when they're sleeping and i guess just some of the some of the slower conversations that they were having okay or when there there's a section in the movie where it's like they go origin story origin story origin story through dialogue and i was just like okay we're just like doing this all right now we're pausing the movie to get this done and introduce everybody mm, okay yeah all right um and can i also say is like it this movie is r-rated and it is gory and it's bloody yeah i got tired of it a little bit like i feel like there's a lot of times where it's like okay like the 17th gruesome death i've stopped laughing a while ago yeah i had some i had that fatigue as well and, and then like eventually like the big explosion or comical death is like no longer affecting yeah that's a good a good lesson for storytellers i think i uh, also had fatigue with that in fact i looked away several different times and not because of being squeamish just because, like, okay, I get it already. I don't. I don't need to. I don't need the gory details. I I understand what's happening. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I kind of felt that. Felt that as well. Uh, like the hyper violence, and I think this is just generally. It's just like not not something I find all that entertaining. Hmm. There's one hyper violent scene with Harley Quinn. It's the big Harley Quinn scene that I did enjoy, but that wasn't because of like. Wow, she's killing all these people in such interesting, fun ways. Is because of the way they did that scene, the music, and the sort of animated part to it. Right. Uh, how did you feel about the big evil? I guess the let's let's, let's get into spoilers. Let's let's, let's some wrap spoilers. this up and then get into spoilers. All right. Well, I think I'm done with non-spoilers. So if you get so am I. More. I think the to put it into summary, this has a fantastic beginning. This movie's clever, and it's funny, and it's got it's well directed and well acted, but uh, just just can't seem to get the emotional things correct, and it can't seem to. And I feel like it wants to elevate itself a little bit, with how much we care for the characters, even though you know the whole thing of the Suicide Squad is they could be killed at any time. Um, it just can't do it. It wants to, but it can't. That's I. That's a nice summary. I like that. Uh, all right, let's do spoilers. Let's do. Let's do grade. Oh yeah, let's do a grade. Let's do a grade. And I, I though I have do have a grade. You can go first. Okay. Uh, I want to give it a B. 
Uh, I will also give it a B. All right. A part of me was. It's a that's a solid movie. It's a it's good. A the movie works. It, the movie works. I just don't love it. Yeah, I don't love it. The movie. The the movie is good. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a nice solid movie. You should you should go see it. Nothing. Doesn't it doesn't elevate itself to be great or doesn't there, there's no X factor that really makes me appreciate it. It's just it's just a movie that is that is good. Yeah, it's a good, fun, entertaining movie. What um and I think you know if you're comfortable going into a movie theater to see it, I I think this is one of those where the big screen though, though would, it is also available on HBO Max for free. Exactly. Well, is it? Well, you got to pay for HBO Max, but yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I I didn't, but now I do because I was stupid. Um. I, I, I am glad we saw it on the big screen because it is a movie that I think that is helped by that and all the spectacle and the business of it. All right, spoilers. Three, two, one, now spoilers. Can you believe they... No. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I what, we had talked about this briefly after the movie, but I'm curious about your thoughts now after you know a few days. One of the most fun scenes kind of in the beginning is them going to rescue uh, Flag. And having this kind of competition of elevation of, of killing with Peacemaker and what's the guy's name? Bloodsport. And Bloodsport. And of course it turns out that they're actually they're killing the good guys. You know the freedom fighters. Like yeah. I, one that's just a cool set piece of them killing in different ways. Set piece was amazing. And that's that's the one where like I did find the the, the hyper violence like entertaining because it just was so so well so well done. Yeah, and it's the and it's the first half of the film too, so you you weren't you know there I'm was a lot tired. of violence I'm not tired of it, yeah. exactly uh, so I that whole scene was amazing and then the fact that, and then the reveal that you know yeah it's actually he's with you know he's with the good guys uh, I thought that was pretty great by the way got over that really fast the killing of like dozens and dozens of freedom fighters well, were just like oh, our bad yeah that's what I'm asking too and I understand like it's a comedy and all that or like, action comedy and. Uh, but yeah, that bothered me too. It was like they got over that a little. She got over that a little bit too quickly, and I rationalized at the time. You know, well, what else is she going to do? She's got to, you know, her whole family was killed by these people. She's going to do. Uh, so, but I, I love like that. Set, I love that set piece, and I didn't love that kind of turn. Go ahead. Like, but shouldn't like they killed all her partners and yeah, friends? Exactly. It's like they should also be on the hit list. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, they, it, was, it was an accident. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like you get arrested for like manslaughter. <laughs> it's, it's an accident. What do you get? It's gonna, an accident that killed dozens of people. You're not going to arrest blood sport shot again if you're like a little, you know, like a rebellion country. Kind of, you need them. You need their help. Anyways, that that is the political dilemma, isn't it? <laughs> that is indeed. This movie's much smarter than we thought it was. Oh my god, it is. It works on so many levels. <laughs> um, so so I love that set piece, but I didn't like that turn. I absolutely loved when Harley Quinn killed the dictator guy. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. And I did not see that coming at all. I liked their, uh, like, I liked the chemistry they had together. And I, I just, I loved her line about the red flags. And I just did not see that coming whatsoever. Yeah. That was part of the movies that uh, I felt was really good. Yeah, and I, cause I, cause that, the, that actor like nailed the whole like handsome young dictator, uh, and the, his assistant, you know, or the colonel or whatever, the general, whoever the older dude was, who was disheveled, you know, and a little, you know, not in shape. 
because like, earlier in the scenes with him, I was like, I totally dismissive of that guy. Like, this guy's boring. I don't know. I don't like him. I don't. I can't tell what it is about. It, but I didn't like him. I really liked the the good dictator, the young dictator. Uh, so when she killed him and the other guy gets to take over, I thought that was a great move and very cool. Uh, I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed the whole like people disappear, you know. And then, of course, now later we find out what they're disappearing with. So, what did you think about all that? I mean, it's a giant starfish, for God's sakes. Yeah, it <laughs> it's a giant alien starfish. Did that work for you? It did. It did work for me. Should I bring up another one of the smart anti-American imperialism thing? Sure. Which I found out after the fact, and it gives me a lot more respect for the movie. All right, Lou. Well, tr- you yeah. know the the image of the American astronaut smoking a cigarette with Starro. Yes, 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 yes. Do you know what that is uh, referencing? I don't. The picture of American soldiers smoking with uh, tortured people at uh, Abu Ghraib. Okay. So, yeah, no, I didn't. That went completely over my head. Yeah, so that's like, I mean, I didn't get that at the time, but that's like cool, and that makes me. Yeah, and there was two like the footages more. of that, right? There was one like they did, and then the second one, like then they revealed the truth of it. Yeah, because that's basically at the end, which just is interesting. I didn't put this together until right now. Uh, spoiler alert coming for the movie Serenity. Um, that really is the end, King. Their moral thing is like letting the world know the truth about what happened, right? Like yeah. that's their end mission. Nothing that annoyed me. Just like Serenity, they don't let the world know the truth then they let the world know a little bit of the truth but like keep it as ransom and i feel like if you're really taking a moral turn like you would reveal all of it yeah so like yeah they don't become full heroes do they no which is kind of fitting i guess from what they are and where their origins are you know they aren't they aren't heroes they're villains who become somewhat heroic uh, except for polka dot man but he's a superhero he's a superhero had that moment that was so that great. was so good that whole thing with him like uh, picturing his mom and that that worked for me every single time and i thought it was funny like all i think they did it two or three times and i laughed and enjoyed it every single one yeah uh pictured i just picture my mom huh. <laughs> even for the beginning when they're like uh he's um we're going to die. And he's like, I hope so. <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty awesome. Uh, so the starfish, it worked for me fine. I wish it was something different and better than a starfish or Starro. Like, I don't know. that. It, it took me a while to kind of get on board with that. Um, and I kind of... Fun fact, I think it works with the bring the team together because Starro was the first villain the Justice League faced. Okay. That was in their debut issue, the Justice League of America. All right. So I, I guess I get why they did it, and I guess people who knew that and has fond memories of that might appreciate that more. But I uh, I don't know. It's like Starro just wanted the city, right? He's just, This is my city. I guess he just wanted to live and he nope. expands his consciousness. And Can I talk about a dramatic beat that did not work? Yeah. For example, that, that Starro's final line for, like, I was happy looking at the stars and it's like okay we can feel bad for you so, i guess <laughs> the movie that that's one of the things where the movie just like swings and misses on the emotional beat yeah that didn't do anything for you no yeah it really didn't didn't do much i didn't even rem- remember it so i would agree with you on there uh that climax i felt that was good the the moment with uh taika watiti's small cameo i felt did not work it felt another big emotional thing that didn't I mean, actually, 
I guess I felt it a little bit. It's more like a guilty feeling it where I was like I shouldn't be like this isn't done all that well it seems kind of sudden and separated from the rest of the story I guess I was kind of feeling it like I, I felt like Dramat had I had in all honesty had goosebumps when all the rats entered Starro's eye along with like uh Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn like this is their city I'm like I'm not gonna lie to you and tell you like I'm above that <laughs> yeah. yeah I felt a little I don't think I loved, I don't know what ending I would have wanted, but I don't think I loved the fact that, like, basically they won because she presses a button on a thing that her dad invented. You know? I guess, uh, you know, I don't know. That didn't, I didn't love that. And I wanted to love it. You know, I wanted to, however they defeated Starro, that what it was. Um, I don't know. It felt a little cheap to me, but I didn't. It didn't bother me too much. Clearly, I gave it a B. Yeah, and here's an interesting thing, and this kind of goes to the whole movie of casting uh, major actors in kind of smaller roles. I wonder if like it almost takes away because like that scene with Taika Waititi, where it's like the rats are like the smallest of us value people that may not be considered valuable in our society. But, like, all I could think watching that scene is, like, hey, let's talk about Titi. And, like, does that take away from the value of the scene? Like, maybe you should have casted a, a less, uh, uh, an un, I don't want to say unknown, but a lesser known actor. So that, I did not have that problem. That did not bother me. But Man, I was I, thinking, like, I mean, I kind of, like, it didn't bother me all that much, but maybe a person that did not know Taika Waititi was in this movie would go like, yeah, it's Taika Waititi, and then, like, miss the scene. Yeah. Especially I, with the scene that short. I don't get the sense, I would say in general, not counting, like, the audience for this specific movie, I don't think Taika Waititi is that well-known in a, like, overall, your average moviegoer somewhere. But obviously somebody who's more into movies or more into comic book movies will definitely know who it is. But, but regardless, I, I knew who he was, but it doesn't. It didn't bother me. Yeah, I was, that, that's just something I was thinking about. Yeah, well, I mean, that can definitely happen. I mean, that's why a lot of, you know, like directors or when they go into a project, they're like, yeah, we got to cast unknowns. That way, the audience can learn with them and not have a preconceived notion of who they are and what they are. Well, I guess uh, part until of they the, need to make money and then they have to do that. I mean, most <laughs> of the Suicide course. Squad thing and like a, a lot of like the the fake out team. Yeah, like they. I think casting major actors is good in that because, like, you don't know who's going to die. You don't know who's going to survive. Like, yeah, that's, let's that talk nice. about that because that was a great beginning. That was part of what made the beginning so good is, like, I sure as heck didn't see that coming. You didn't see that coming. I kind of thought they would either die or be taken prisoner just because all the main promotional has has people that are not in that team besides Harley Quinn and Joel Kill- uh, the Rick Flag. So what are you saying? Like all the, are you saying you saw that coming or not? I didn't see that coming. I did not think they were going to be successful, though. Like in getting onto the beach, because all the trailer stuff and all the promotional has Idris Elba and John Cena and David Dasmalchian and King Shark. Yeah, so this is a case of maybe too much exposure ruining the story for you. Yeah, yeah. and the trailer does reveal a lot. Right, to me, I mean, I knew there was going to be a battle. I didn't think they were all going to die, <laughs> or most of them were going to die. Well, I didn't think I didn't think they were gonna die. I thought they were for a second there. I thought they were gonna be either some of them were gonna die or they're gonna be taken 
uh, captive, and that that actually while like the scene was going on and they started to lose, what I thought was they were going to be taken captive, and then this other team was going to be sent to get them, and that would be their mission. Okay, all right. So I can see how that would kind of influence and disappoint a little bit. I did not see it coming whatsoever. I presume this is our team that we're going in with, and when they wasn't the main team, when it was a sacrificial team, I thought that was a great move and different scene coming. Uh, and that that was the first time I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like we're doing, we're going to do some cool stuff here. This is going to be an interesting, fun ride, and we're not going to be able to predict exactly what's going to happen. Um, any more of the movie that really worked or really didn't work for you? Yeah, not not much more that I can uh, point out and go like I love this, I hated this. Yeah. Uh, wh- how has this been received? This been received well, both by audiences and critics. Like we are, I I think we are in the minority for not liking it as much as we do. Okay. Better they do. That's the sense from my like you know just social media timeline. Like this is some people are considering this on a higher echelon of superhero movies. Yeah. Okay. That, that, I, I, yeah, not for me, but I get it. All right, any uh, any other final words to kind of say about the movie? No, not not uh, not all that much. Would you like there to be a? We've added a the. I'm not sure. The, what other? the Suicide Squad. <laughs> the Suicide oh, do, Squad. Do we, we want to talk about the the end credit scenes? Oh yeah, remind me where they were. Uh, one was Ferret. Sean Gunn's character. <laughs> oh, we gotta mention up. Ferret. I really liked Ferret. Yeah, Ferret was nice. <laughs> Gotron Ferret. Yeah, I really. Yeah, oh, that's funny. Uh, I really liked Ferret a lot. And what was the other one? The other one was the the showing that. Uh, oh, this, I'm gonna mention this, and it brings up another thing that I didn't like. The line that rubbed me the wrong way about uh, Peacemaker's character. They're, they're setting up the Peacemaker television series. Oh, uh, that's that, right. Uh, Gunn's gonna do. So they're showing that he's still alive. But the line that rubbed me the wrong way was Rick's flag's death scene where he's like, Peacemaker. What a joke. I love that line. I really like that line. I thought the I thought he delivered it really well. I thought it could have been a cheesy line, but I thought the actor was locked. I thought it was really good. I thought that, it, that, I that thought worked it, for me. I thought it was a cheesy line. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, could, I can see how I was like, I, you would I, think that. I, I almost wanted to yell at the screen like we get it <laughs> yeah I don't know it, to me it was not that overdone because it felt personal not it did not feel like the movie director or the writer preaching that it felt like a rival who was like holy crap I, I'm dying my life is over and I, I, I'm losing my life to you and that I, I, I don't know that, that worked for me I am, I am glad you, you saw it that way yeah, my, <laughs> I think I enjoyed it more than you from <laughs> from that. Yes. Uh, yeah, I can't believe we almost forgot to mention the ferret and that scene at that moment. Um, oh, yeah, are, are we going to watch the? I guess we are going to watch the show. Are you anyway excited for the show? <sighs> I don't know that I'm excited for the show. I, I, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited if I'm excited to have my curiosity answered about what this type of DC show will be with the big star. And again, I've hated John Cena as as an actor in everything he's ever been in, ever. 
until this. And I and this I liked I I enjoyed him for what it was. But I you know I hope it's really good because then I'll be able to watch it and enjoy it. But I have a I'm not excited about it. No. How about you? No. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Nobody. Nope. Well, we don't have to watch it. Like we we get to control we're whether gonna, we want to watch it. I think we're going to watch it. We like the movie enough to watch it. What's go, what's happening next in DC? Like what's um what's is this building something? Is this? What, I don't know. I kind of like how I mean, people want them to go back to the Snyder plan, but right now I'm like a fan of how kind of separated things are. I'm glad we're just like. We get nice little individual movies where you don't have to know everything about the whole universe to, to get it. Yeah, I kind of dig that. And too. I think it gives more and more freedom to the, the actual creators. And also, how are you, like, I'm not saying you can't compete, but like, Marvel staked out this and they nailed it. Like, do you really want to try and keep being compared to what they did that worked so well, or do you want to just do your own thing? Now, I'd be rather, like, instead of making some big, huge, like, franchise thing, just. Do like just make consistently good movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. Would, that would work. That would work. Please be good. Just be good. I think I don't know what the next thing is. The next thing is the Flash or the Batman or yeah, I don't know. We got a trailer for Batman before it, right? Yeah, that's true. But that doesn't you know that doesn't mean it's necessarily next. And I don't think the Batman is connected to the whole DCEU thing. Oh, interesting. All right, so yeah, it's complicated there too. All right, so we both gave it a B's. We both liked it. We both recommend it. We neither one of us loved it, and uh, that makes me want to know what you're reading. What I am reading, or what I finished reading today, is uh, Quentin Tarantino's novelization of his most recent film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So tell me what you thought, and tell me how it differed from the movie. So I liked how it differed from the movie. A lot of the major scenes, especially with uh, uh, Cliff Booth. Uh, that, which one of those, Leo? No, that is Brad Pitt. Just kidding, Brad Pitt. Uh, we're not in the, the movie. I'm not going to try to spoil the book or the movie, but uh, the final action scene is described only a little bit in the book and as like a future thing and not like a, it's happening. And another scene involving hippies and Cliff Booth is uh, it does it from a different character's perspective, and because of that perspective, takes out a lot of that what what is shown in the movie. Oh, that's interesting. So I I liked how he kind of uh, Quentin, I should say Tarantino. I don't know him. Uh, ta- <laughs> well, that's all right. I said Leo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't call me up, but I was glad you didn't. Uh, uh, Tarantino. I like what he chooses to add in and what he chooses to take out. Very cool. And I think I like the atmosphere of the book. And not that not thing's great about it. Um, not a big fan of uh, Tarantino's uh, like narrator here, who is, who is a third-person perspective. But obviously, I don't want to associate the narration with being actually Tarantino's voice. But, uh... Yeah, there were some parts of this where I was like, I don't know, and I, I don't know how, how jokey we want to want to get. I was gonna say that feet are mentioned, you know, more than might be normal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was I was a little bit looking for it because of all the jokes, but like I feel like even if you weren't looking for it, you would find it. I mean, it's like I I get it, like hippies. He, he has to be aware of those jokes. Oh, he though, definitely right? is. So he that had to be like tongue in cheek, you know. I'm playing with the game, and, um, but like 
I get like hippies like were barefoot a lot, but like usually feet are like not the major part of people's character, like physical description. <laughs> they are for some. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna like read the book that you're writing just fine that it's like all feet descriptions. <laughs> the name of it is The First Foot. <laughs> Alright, what have, what have you been reading? Uh, I've been reading Razorblade Tears by S.A. Cosby. Uh, this is his, I think it's his third book. It's a mystery thriller. Uh, the setup is pretty good. It's got uh, two guys that uh, it has, so there's, there's a homosexual couple and they are murdered. And their two fathers, who were not accepting of their homosexuality and their lifestyle and had very volatile relationships and also both had been to prison for doing very bad things, uh, basically they have to team up to try to find out what really happened to their sons. Uh, and it's really great. It's it's flowing well. I'm about halfway through with it right now. And I'm really enjoying it. It's not as... Um, no, I just leave it at that. It's just, yeah, it's really good. It's it's not as literary as I was wondering it was going to be, at least not yet. And I don't even know exactly what I mean by that. But also, it's not. Um, yeah, I don't even know what I mean. I would say like it's not completely genre either because I love genre books. But anyway, so it's really good. It's really good, and we'll see how the rest of it is. But right now, I'm enjoying it a lot. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm reading. Cool. All right. Well, thanks Coolio. for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, go out and see uh, the Suicide Squad, and we will uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated, so you can see the Suicide Squad. If that's if that's your main reasoning, I mean, good for you. Yeah, whatever works. Uh, until whatever we meet gets again. you that free donut. Free donut. Until we meet again. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Cerzier and Antoine Blanc. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>